I'm Jake Thompson, and this is the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Welcome to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host today, Jake Thompson. I guess I'm your host every week. But nonetheless, I'm excited you're here. We are in late July. We are cranking through the summer. And today we get to welcome in the exciting Susan Kovacs. She is a mental performance leadership coach. Uh, Susan has been published in a number of magazines. She's been profiled numerous times. And based out of Canada, this awesome, awesome mental mindset coach is helping not only athletes excel in their sport, but business leaders excel in their profession, breaking through mental barriers, overcoming the obstacles that most people come up against and quit, but not you because you're competitors. And that's why you're here, because you're interested and determined to be better than yesterday. And I think our guest today has a great bit of value and wisdom that can be shared with you that you can absolutely translate to your everyday life. So we dive into the weeds of mental performance, how you grow mental toughness and grit, what are some common obstacles that she sees that that perhaps we're not aware of, but there are blind spots, and how do we become more self-aware of those? It's an enjoyable conversation with Susan, and I'm very glad she's here and ready to pour into each of you. So let's welcome to the show, Susan Kovacs. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Susan, I am excited you're here today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jake. Thanks so much for having me today. You bet. So before we dive into a little bit more about what you're currently doing and working on, give everyone just kind of a high-level overview of who you are, um, and we'll roll from there. Okay. Um, High-level overview of who I am. Oh, boy. Uh, Essentially, I am a uh, performance mindset coach working with um, high potentials to um, optimize their performance through mindset mastery. So, um, luckiest person in the world, love what I do. It's been an interesting journey to to, uh, get to this point, which I'm sure we'll we'll go through some of those things today. Yeah. So, how does someone become a performance mindset coach how how did you start to see that career path develop or did you just kind of see the need for it um actually it was just through my personal experience that that came about so i'll take you back um whoa to 1985 And uh, (laughs) I was in, yeah, a long time ago, um, I was in my mid-20s and found myself sitting across the desk from a neurologist who looked at me and said, uh, Susan, you have multiple sclerosis, Um, which, I mean, my future just, anything that I had planned for myself at that point completely shifted. And uh, he had three pieces of advice for me at that point. And now remember, this is 1985. So things have changed a lot since then. Um, But avoid stress. Um, Second piece of advice was if you were planning on having children, don't. And the third piece of advice was don't do anything to exert yourself physically. So basically, I, I took that exist right? Just kind of yeah. live out a nice, quiet, simple life, um, which I did. I, and 
you know, don't get me wrong, I had a great life, um, you know, raised a family, everything was wonderful. In my mid-50s, though, um, decided to start working out with a strength coach. For some reason, I just, I wanted to know what I could do more than what I was doing. So I'd worked with this woman for a couple of months, and she uh, she looked at me one day, and she was like, have you ever thought about doing a triathlon? And after I stopped laughing, <laughs> <laughs> telling her that that was absolutely ridiculous, um, I, for some reason, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I just, I really wanted to know what it would feel like to cross that finish line. So I started looking into uh, and doing a lot of research about mindset and how that influences and impacts what we can do in our lives. And that's really how it came about. So um, that was really the game changer for me, went from that and then found my, um, you know, switched my career and went into the into the coaching path that way because of the of the impact that it had on my life. So you go from doctors pretty much prescribing you just exist to actively getting into sports. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. how did you make that transition, both physically and then mentally, getting prepared for that? Physically was probably the easiest part, believe it or not. Um, working with a great team of people, um, always had that nagging thought in the back of my mind: though, am I pushing it too far? Am I doing something that's going to harm me down the road? Um, so that was that was a lot of of that part as well. The mindset part was that was that was tough because I kept saying to myself, and I'm we all have this, you know, this negative self talk that tape that runs in our head, and I kept saying to myself, "You're in your fifties, you haven't been active for years, and you have MS, and there's no way you can do this. Are you crazy?" Um, but then I just I had a mantra. And I just, I borrowed it from somebody else. It certainly wasn't my genius coming up with it, but it's just my body achieves what my mind believes. So that was, that was what I replaced the tape with. And, uh, and I went from there and quite literally it was, it was one day at a time. It was not, I couldn't look at the thought of, or think of, think of actually completing a triathlon because that would have just freaked me right out. Um, so I just had a goal every day. And, you know, complete that goal to the best of my ability that day, done, move on to the next day, complete that goal. Have you, have you always, have you always had that one day at a time approach to where this is the day one and this is the only day I'm thinking about? Or was it kind of during that process that you started to train your mind for that way? It was during that process. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, That was a big shift for me. Because before, it definitely wasn't like that. So, yeah, it was that one day at a time. What can I do today to move me towards my goals? Um, do that to the best of my ability. Wake up the next day. Go for it again. And so, what, was there a specific moment during that process where you it kind of clicked? Or was it just experimentation and, and you started to notice it worked? Um. Good question. And I think it was just experimentation and it started to work. I was, I was trying everything that I could um, to A, reach my goals and B, to improve myself every day. Um, so, yeah. And I, and I, and I love that, um, you know, when you talk about that, because it is so true. And so now you're a performance mindset coach, you help other individuals 
succeed, succeed and exceed expectations in a lot of areas. Is your focus solely with athletes or do you work with people from all walks of life? Um, I do work with a lot of athletes, but I also work with people, uh, corporate leaders, sales professionals, um, entrepreneurs, things like that, because the concepts work in every area of life. So, you know, what works for an athlete, that same mindset is going to work for a corporate leader or an entrepreneur when they're trying to reach their goals. Um, So, yeah. What do you see as the biggest challenges navigating between the two? Because I know just kind of from the outside, there's a lot of individuals that do coaching in the corporate space, so they'll do coaching in the sports space. Um, And even though there are similarities, not a lot will play in both fields. So what what are you currently challenged with kind of bouncing back and forth? Do you know, I don't really, I don't really find that there is a challenge there because the type of coaching that I do, um, and it's called core energy coaching and it was, it was developed by Bruce Schneider. Um, there's a process and, and, um, you know, sort of all, all of the different things that we delve into relates, you know, either to the, to the corporate world or to the athlete, the athletic world. Um, and then everything that we do also influences every area of life. So that it's a very holistic approach. So it's not when you're working on somebody, um, you know, when you're working with somebody who's an athlete, it's not just their athletic performance that's going to be impacted by the work that we're doing. So it's going to influence their relationships and their communication and their, you know, emotional intelligence. All these other areas are influenced as well. So same with, um, with corporate leaders. And so what, what inspired you or motivated you to move the path toward the core energy coaching? Was it because that was the type of coaching you'd received um, or did it naturally fit your skill set or experience? When I started doing some research on different um, coaching philosophies, that was the one that really resonated with me and, and, and spoke to me in the experiences that I had. So that, uh, that was really why I, um, why I went that route. I found that the philosophies and uh, everything that they spoke about was just natural for me. There wasn't anything that didn't seem to fit that I would have wanted to change. Well, that's awesome. I, I, I find it intriguing from a mental standpoint because obviously mental toughness is such a key component to success. I mean, you, we all set goals, we take action toward goals, and then we encounter adversity. Inevitably, we have a setback, a failure. Uh, the process slows much slower than we ever anticipate. And so having the grit and tenacity to persevere through that is, is crucial. What have you found in your experience as foundational pieces needed to develop more grit and tenacity in one's life? Mm, one of the key things that, that I think is, is really important is confidence. And so many people um, have this belief that we have to achieve something to get confidence, and we don't. So we can, we can choose to be confident, um, and then go from there. And then having that confidence um, gives us that fearlessness that allows us to move forward when we're having those issues, that, you know, when we face those adversities and things like that. I, I think the other part of it is knowing what your goals are and, and you know, whatever they are, I always look at what the, what the feelings are behind the goal. So what do you, how are you going to feel when you reach that goal? Not so much what the goal is. 
And that for me can push, you know, can push people forward. What, what's their why? Why are they doing what they're doing? Have you found, um, I, I wanted to, to ask you on that point, uh, based on some conversations I've had with other individuals in, in kind of the coaching and training space, uh, with a lot of the physical focus, the, the why they're doing what they're doing, in my experience, I've seen it continually come back to, it's got to be something for you versus someone mm. else. Have you seen that the same in terms of longevity, ability to withstand pain, setbacks, failures of being something that's crucial to your own purpose life versus trying to fill a need for someone else? Oh, that is so true, Jake. We talk a lot about how the goal is aligned with their values. So not somebody else's values, not what somebody else wants for them but their values and what's important to them in life. Um, when those things are aligned, then yeah, you can overcome whatever adversity that you're facing to achieve those goals. If you're fighting against your values and with your goal, um, that's where the struggles come in. And that's where people are going to just give up or, um, you know, get bitter and angry and, um, you know, not, not be able to move past um, any adversity or any failures that they do have. So having your, your values aligned with your goal, I think is huge. What do you say to someone that's perhaps struggling to figure out a why or really pinpoint it? They have this longing, they have this goal that they believe they want to achieve, but they're really struggling with why it's that specific goal is calling to them. And so therefore they don't have that built in, I'm almost thinking self-motivation for it when things get difficult? Is it perhaps that's the wrong goal or how do you get them to shake up that kind of maybe creative uh, rut that they're in to really drill down of why it's important? Mm, great question. One of the things that we look at is what's the legacy they want to leave? So why, why are they here? What do they want to be remembered for? What do they want people to know about them? And who do you want to be? So who, who is it that you really want to be? So do you, do you want to be an Olympic athlete? Do you want to, you know, um, be there? Or do you really just want to be um, a mom? So really drilling down. And we go, I mean, it's just because people, when you start, when you start asking the questions, as I'm sure you know, the first response is not necessarily the one that's really the, the core response. Yep. So it's just continually drilling down. Why is that important to you? Why is that important to you? Um, and then they end up quite often at a space that's completely different than where they thought they were. Interesting. And so it's a matter of honestly, honest conversation with yourself, but being able to be with someone that can help you almost pull away those layers of the onion to kind of understand what it is you're really looking and talking about. It's like when we talk about people with certain addictions or, or battles in life, a lot of times it's not the substance or the issue that's the true error here. So for instance, an alcoholic um, becomes addicted to alcohol, but the reason they took that path initially a lot of times had nothing to do with alcohol in the first place. It's trying to over, you know, overshadow pain or numb themselves to certain feelings and, and on and on. 
And a lot of that, I think, translates over into the rest of our lives that we probably just don't think about if it's not an extreme error like that addiction. It, we're not as aware, perhaps, of self-validation and, and looking or validation from others, I should say, and that we're constantly seeking this approval and validation because we find our identity in that. And that's where someone like mm. yourself comes in to help out. Um, and what do you see kind of throughout an industry wide and that may be a little far reaching. So we'll say more personal experience. What do you see as a common theme that a lot of people aren't either aware of in their own lives or aren't willing to face that perhaps listening to this jog something in their memory. That's like, man, that, that is what I'm struggling with. Like it's, not everything else that I'm giving excuses or calling it. It's that. And it's also encouraging for them to know that they're not the only one struggling with that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I find that um, in my experience um, that a lot of, of my clients go through and that's a lot of judgment. So it's, it's self judgment but then it's also judgment of other people as well or situations. Um, and then the, the moment we're judging something where it becomes good or bad or right or wrong, and then you're limiting the possibilities that you've got open to you. So if somebody's in a situation or, you know, something happens and they judge it as good or bad, there's really only a couple of choices they can make where as soon as you take that judgment away and start so just really looking at possibilities and opportunities. Everything that happens, I believe, happens for a reason. And there's a lesson to be learned in every single thing. And, and I go back to my, to my MS diagnosis, and I look back on it now, and, it's a, and again, it, it's not always an immediate thing, but I look back at that now, and I see that as a gift because that's brought me to where I am today. So I think that, that just reframing how we look at things and how we, how we judge things and how we compare ourselves to others, and we really are living our life. And if I can, <laughs> there's one thing that, and this was a big aha moment for me, and it was a lesson from my daughter. Um, so I did not follow the neurologist's advice <laughs> and not have children. <laughs> um, but she was about 18 years old, and she said to me, she looked at me one day, and it, I'll never forget this moment. She looked at me, and she said, Mom, why do you care so much about what other people think of you? And that's, that was it. I did. And I think once we realize that we don't have to worry about anybody else or what anybody else wants for us or thinks about us and really just focus on who we are, what we want, what we want to achieve, be authentic, go after our goals, follow our dreams. That's what we're here for. How do you, and, and I want to kind of wrap on, on that point that you hit of, of your own realization. How did you get to the point to where it didn't bother you as much? Like how does someone that is in a constant state of worrying what others think, I'm afraid to do this because I'm worried of what they'll, they'll think. I'm afraid to say this because I'm worried of what others will think. When a lot of times those others that, we are worried and concerned about probably aren't even thinking of us. Um, how, <laughs> how do you, how did you mentally 
start to take your one day at a time approach and transition from caring what they think to just being okay, not knowing or not seeking their approval? So, and great question. And that was, that was a lot of going through the coaching process really was uh, what it was about. And it was, so we look at um, two different kinds of in the core energy coaching. So catabolic energy and anabolic energy and the catabolic energy is the energy that drags us down. And that's where all the worry and fear and guilt and, you know, victimhood is. Um, And then it's being able to move ourselves to a, to a space of anabolic energy um, where we're looking at more of a win-win situation and, and uh, we are one and there's a sense of fearlessness and things like that. So I, I think probably just quick little takeaways uh, is decide what it is you want for your life and go for that. Um, like you said, pe- other people probably aren't even really paying too much attention to what you're, what you're doing. So there's no point getting to your end of the, the end of your life and realizing that you made decisions based on what other people thought or wanted or, you know, you thought they wanted for you. And that's no, no way to live your life. I mean, we've got one shot at this. So the other thing is, regardless of your age, don't like, don't let that stop you. So, you know, because I hear people say, oh, well, I'm 40. There's no point changing anything now. Like, come on, <laughs> let's go. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Sister Madonna Bruder. Have I you haven't. heard of her? Okay. She is 87. So for anybody who's listening who thinks that they're too old to change, she's 87 years old next month. She has completed, I believe, 45 triathlons they've had to keep yeah they've had to keep increasing the age ranges because there were it used to be just like 65 plus (laughs) so uh uh-huh and she started training at the age of 48 (laughs) so she doesn't care what other people think she just thinks she just goes out there and does it and does the best that she can every single day so she's my inspiration oh that's awesome that is awesome where now where's she based out of she is in the state somewhere and if you just google sister madonna bruder b-r-u-d-e-r she's done nike commercials i believe like she's quite the she's quite the woman oh man that is that is fantastic Susan, this has been just a lot of fun today. Where can people find you? Where can they connect with you and the work you're doing or learn more about your coaching? Um, If it's something that they're just in need of or have heard something on this show and and they're like, I've got to connect with this person. Awesome. Yeah, they can certainly connect. My website is um, www.athletes, with an S, athletesgamechanger.com. Or they can email me directly at info at athletesgamechanger.com or find me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Awesome. Susan, thank you so incredibly much. Everyone, we will be linking to this in the show notes. I highly recommend reaching out, saying hi, following along some of her work. Um, And I know that you got value out of today's show because I greatly, greatly enjoyed it. Susan, thank you incredibly. Thank you so much, Jake. Have a great afternoon. That's it for another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. 
thanks for joining us this week. I, I appreciate you as a listener. I appreciate each member of the Compete community, and I'm glad that you tuned in this week, and hopefully you found some value in what we shared and who we brought on and just the, all the types of content we're out sharing. So if you got feedback, like I said, shoot us a note directly to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Connect with us on social media. Say hi. Tell us you found the podcast. We love connecting with new members of the community. We want to welcome you. Uh, we want to find ways to connect you and equip you with ways that you can be better than yesterday. Have a great week. Have a great week.